เอาละค่ะในเซสชั่นต่อไปของเรานะคะตอนนี้ก็พร้อมไปฟังเรื่องราวจากแดนอาทิตย์ดูไทยนะคะไปที่ญี่ปุ่นกันค่ะเป็นช่วง Japan Session นะคะซึ่งเซสชั่นนี้สนับสนุนโดย Nomura Asset Management Company Limited ค่ะโดย Nomura Asset Management นั้นก็เป็นผู้ที่นำประโยชน์จากการดำเนินงานทั่วโลกแล้วก็ความเชี่ยวชาญในท้องถิ่นมาใช้อย่างเต็มที่นะคะเพื่อสร้างสารรค์แล้วก็มีการกระจายสินค้าการลงทุนที่หลากหลายนะคะให้มั่นใจว่าลูกค้าของ Nomura นั้นจะได้รับผลตอบแทนที่ดีที่สุดพึงพอใจนะคะและการทําให้เกิดผลตอบแทนการลงทุนที่ดีเท่าที่เป็นไปได้นั่นเองค่ะแต่วันนี้เนี่ยนะคะจะมาเน้นเรื่องของ aging society แล้วก็กลยุทธ์ต่างๆที่มีที่อาจจะเตรียมสําหรับการ,กรเกษียณนั่นเองนะคะเพราะฉะนั้นในช่วงต่อไปพร้อมแล้วขอเสียงปรบมือต้อนรับสปีกเกอร์ของเรานะคะ ladies and gentlemen I now lead you to our next session which is preparing for aging society and strategies for retirement from Mr. Wataru Ogihara senior managing director and chief investment officer of global equity Nomura Asset Management, and also Mr. Hiroyuki Nishikawa, Chairman of Nomura Asset Management Singapore. A big round of applause, please. Uh, my name is Roy Nishikawa. I'm the Chairman of Nomura Asset Management based in Singapore. And on my right is Wataru Ogihara. He's a global CIO of Nomura Asset Management based in Tokyo. Today's topic a title, as you can see, is uh, preparing for aging society and uh, strategies for the retirement. I might be the uh, right person to talk about it because I'm a, I have a gray hair, and in a few more years I'm uh, heading to retirement. So we are very. This is this topic. Is something very, very personal, uh, and that I'm very interested in this topic myself. And um, um, by the way, the, this year, uh, the Japan, you might have heard uh, many natural uh, disasters, uh, earthquake. The, there's a couple big earthquakes hit in Japan, and then also um, extraordinary. Uh, typhoons are hitting Japan. At the same time, we have the hottest summer ever recorded. And in two years' time, we have a Summer Olympics in Tokyo. And I just don't know how we can cope with that heat. And then, last of all, is uh, floods. There are many, many floods uh, causing uh, significant damages and casualties and, and disruptions. But um, um, away from these natural uh, disasters, but we have another disaster. It's called at, uh, at a national disaster. So what I mean is, is a national, uh, national uh, disaster is aging society. This is what the Prime Minister Abe call it, this is a, natural, a nationwide uh, natural, uh, national disaster for Japan. So on this um, page, the table, the chart, um, it just shows the current population of Japan. At age of 60, I'm, a 50, I'm becoming 58. The age of 60 of now, um, one-fourth of 
60 years old, could live up to 95 years old. So it's in Japan, if you go to Japan and you watch the TV, many commercials says the life is expectancy, a life expectancy is 100 years. Okay? We all could live up to 100 years old or maybe longer. This is a reality. And currently, um, at the age of 75 years older, in Japan we have about 15, uh, 15 million people is age uh, 75 years older. By 2025, okay, the first baby boomers uh, on the right-hand side, right, uh, you know, first baby boomers, by 2025, they are becoming 75 years. So by 2025, one-fourth of the Japanese population is 75 years older. Okay? So one-fourth of the population is 75 years older. So this is a challenge, nationwide challenge and the disaster that we are facing. Yeah. Once the Japan is recognized as the most advanced you know, in technology and the innovation, now Japan is advanced in the most aging society in the world, the fastest ever. This is, this is just amazing uh, situation that we are facing. Okay. So next 20 minutes or so, uh, Wataru and myself, we will uh, discuss or we'll talk about these uh, issues. And then at the same time, opportunities. Okay. Disasters it's going to be a very disastrous situation, but at the same time, a disaster always leads to opportunities. So we'll talk about the opportunities as well. Okay. All right, let me now pass on to Wataru and then to briefly summarize what we believe at the current market and then also uh, the issues relating to aging society. Thank you. In fact, I don't know the fundamental solutions for the long-term aging problem. In reality, the portfolio managers or investment persons are looking at the development, what is happening right now. But to be honest, we don't have scientists. We don't have much knowledge in terms of whatever biology, population, so forth. But aging is obviously the biggest problem and also one of the biggest policy agenda by the Abe administration right now. Perhaps taking advantage of these opportunities, I'm gonna talk about what the government has been doing over the last five, six years to solve the challenge 
to solve the aging problem, perhaps going forward. Okay, before talking about the structural problem, if I talk about the short-term or medium-term market outlook for Japan market, in fact, Japan market is now getting support from the global investors over the last few months. In the first half of this year, we have been receiving massive selling pressures from the overseas investors. But over the last few months, we started to see some positive comment from the investment broker in the United States and Europe, as well as the Asian regions. I think some volatility is now hiking in the other market, including emerging countries. Stability of Japanese cooperation or Japan market itself has been receiving some attentions. If I talk about the fundamentals, in fact, corporate earnings being pretty resilient, which is being revised up. And I guess accommodative monetary policy by Bank of Japan will continue for the next 12 to 18 months, if not three years. And the variation is obviously uh, one of the most less demanding, less demanding countries compared with other developed regions. So all combined, I'm very com constructive for the Japan market as well. As Nishikawa mentions, aging society, I think the fundamental problem of the aging society from economic fundamental point of view is a shortage of labor. But if you look at over the last five years, number of laborers in the domestic labor market managed to rise marginally, thanks to some leadership by the government. So in this sense, they are the problem of the shortage of laborers, and unemployment rate have been moving around two to three percent, which is pretty low, despite slow economic growth. So shortage of the labor again is one of the short-term, medium-term problem. But the encouraging point is that Abe administration is taking the right step. And our chairman mentioned that aging is not necessarily bad for the stock investment point of view, especially for the stock pickers. We need to do something on a global basis or domestic basis. That necessity to take care of aging society will provide some investment opportunities on the stock basis. I think Japanese manufacturing industry is very well positioned to benefit from global aging. Last thing I want to mention is that global aging is not a problem only in Japan. If you look at the chart, on the left-hand side, this is the population pyramid by Japan. On the center, this is the United States. On the right-hand side, I was surprised to see actual shape of the population pyramid looks a little bit similar to Japan. I guess it is very similar Japanese population pyramid 10 years back. So this is a problem of the global. It's not only a domestic problem, but global, especially some countries in Asian regions. This is a kind of brief summary 
how I'm thinking about uh, Japan economy, market, and aging problem. Okay, and I think he, there are a couple issues that we just like to, uh, to cover this time. Um, the last week, uh, IMF uh, World Bank Conference is held uh, in Bali. Uh, all the central bankers uh, gathered. And uh, one of them is obviously Bank of Japan's uh, Mr. Kuroda. There has been um, uh, quite a bit of questions on, you know, Japan, the Bank of Japan is the last central bank, uh, you know, still has a very accommodative monetary policy. Federal reserves in the U.S. is already tapering, and then the ECB is following. So the BOJ, the Bank of Japan, is the only central bank actually still keeping very loose monetary policy. So the first question um, maybe we can say is what the BOJ um, is going to do about this monetary policy, and then uh, that will how much that will affect the outlook of Japan. Do you have any comments on the BOJ's uh, policy? I think the BOJ will maintain a very easy monetary policy, accommodative monetary policy. But having said that, it has already started taper. In terms of the government purchase of Japanese government bond from the market, the amount of the purchase will be much, much smaller in this year compared with the 2017s. In this sense, a market participant took it as a sort of tapering. But this is a little bit different from US perhaps and the ECB. The policy target by Bank of Japan is now yield curve to make the 10-year bond yield zero, plus minus 20 basis point. This is the policy target. This monetary policy will not change until we see the CPI would go up to 2%. I think it is very difficult. In the short run, we were seeing GST hike in October 2019. Obviously, natural consideration by the government and also Bank of Japan to stimulate the economy until the hike of GST. In that sense, I'm very confident over the next 12 months, accommodative monetary policy will not change. And what I want to, this is a kind of, we have side effect of the easy monetary policy or accommodative monetary policy to make short term rate negative and 10 year bond zero. I think this monetary policy is having a fairly serious uh, negative impact on the bottom line of corporate earnings by the financial institutions right now, especially for the regional bank. Loan to deposit ratio loan to deposit ratio of the regional bank is low. They don't have borrower. They have much in cash. And also spread between short and long is almost zero. It is very difficult for the financial institution to make money right now. That might create perhaps potential consolidations of Japanese financial institution, including regional bank. I think this would be the structural implication of long-lasting accommodative monetary policy. 
uh, talking about the, um, uh, the regional banks, currently we have more than 100, uh, I think it's more than 100, to be exact, 105 regional banks uh, um, operated in Japan. And then we all think it's that that is too many. And especially at, uh, in the region, um, local, uh, local market is shrinking. And then it's a significant migration to uh, you know, central Tokyo and uh, Osaka and a few other cities. So um, the local industry or local uh, economy is, is not uh, strong enough to, um, uh, and then for um, regional banks. So I think consolidation of uh, the Japanese regional banks is quite imminent. Um, and then now moving to uh, topics about this uh, aging population once again, and the increasing of aging population, uh, how that impact on the labor, uh, labor market uh, condition in Japan? As I mentioned at the first part, the labor condition in Japan is very tight. Say, as unemployment rate is as low as 2 to 3%. I think this is the immediate, short-term fundamental problem of the aging. Perhaps another problem would be the social burden to take care of the elder people, including health care. But the shortage of the labor is a pretty important topic in the short-term economic uh, development because it is obviously supply-side constraint to, for the economic growth, potential economic growth rate right now, which is now, I guess, 1% or 0.5%. If we see the reduction of the people in the labor market, we will see potential growth rate of Japan would be zero or minus. That would be a serious problem. The looking at, obviously, Japanese government understand this is the top policy priorities. They are taking some actions. Okay, looking back, the labor market, as I mentioned that the labor market over the last five years expanded marginally. Driving force of that growth were female workers and also elder people, which is pretty much consistent with our government policy, in fact. Female participation rate went up. If you look at the left-hand chart, the red line is the female participation, which used to be say 60% plus in 2010 or 2012, it started to rise very sharply. It has reached to 73. In fact, this, the lower line is the level of the United States. In terms of female participation rate, it has exceeded the level of the United States and approaching to the level of the Germany. Sweden is over 80%, it's a very high target. This is the top priority by administration by Abe. Abe announced some uh, policy implementation, including child care service being in place all over the countries, especially in the Tokyo metropolitan areas. That has started to take effect. I think the biggest reason why female had to wait go out from the labor market, it is perhaps child care or elder people. So this is a very direct 
uh, policy implementation to, to set up the child care system across the countries. It has, I wouldn't be surprised to see it started to take effect very immediately. Another point is that on the right-hand side, elder people participation has also started to rise. Blue line is a participation rate by the age of 60 to 64. It used to be 6%, it now going up to 70%. I think this is a case over 65 years old. It used to be below 60, oh, 20%, if you look on the right-hand side. It's going up to 25%. I think this is a sort of collaboration between the government and the private sectors. Our administration encouraged private cooperation to extend our retirement age which was used to, which used to be 60 years old. Now, most of the big company extended our retirement period to the 65 years old. The policy has also taken effect. But I don't see much progress from the two uh, driving force going forward. Perhaps next policy agenda would be immigrations. Immigration, Japan has been very conservative in terms of immigrations. But in reality, this is a number of people working in Japanese domestic market, non-Japanese, non-Japanese workers. It has been rising. In fact, the level of the people, number of people is still low, just one million. But it has been rising with a double digit. And also, it will continue to rise by 10 to 15% over the long term. So the perception itself, if Japan is conservative for the immigration, it might be true. But the number of the people from outside is now rising. And the government has all announced some incentive foreign workers to come to Japan, or eased the deregulation, eased the regulations in terms of fluency of language, uh, in terms of age, in terms of education, and so forth. And the government is trying to invite non-Japanese workers to domestic market to mitigate the labor market. So the policy is starting from to take advantage of the domestic excess labor, then started moving into deregulation of non-Japanese workers. I think we are taking the right step. Although, I'm not quite sure this policy implementation is strong enough to overcome very big structural problem in 2025. Well, I think Japan is the only, not the only country uh, opening up. I think it's uh, neighboring countries like Korea is also uh, taking a much more aggressive uh, stance on uh, immigration issue and then now extending much longer visa to foreign workers and attract to uh, attract to Korea. So Japan has to do a lot more. And, uh, and I think it's Japan, Japanese government is the, quite aware of it and then relaxing uh, the immigration policy further. But just remember, Japan is a very homogeneous society and it's island society. So that means it's, uh, it's very closed. And the mindset is also closed. 
and it's not really familiar with foreign, um, you know, um, foreign workers coming to Japan. So it's a very gradual step. But I think looking back, I guess is uh, well, it's a very discouraging for me. I I was uh, looking forward to my retirement, but now I have to work much longer, much uh, much. Maybe next five, ten years, I still have to keep working. So that's the, that's a little bit disappointment, but I'm very very encouraged as well. <laughs> okay, um, I think considering the time, I think just like to uh, last point, I just we like to touch is, um, um, you know, facing for this uh, aging um, uh, demographics in Japan. So what are the uh, uh, investment opportunities uh, that you think is uh, especially attractive or appropriate under the current uh, environment? In fact, I can talk about a number of companies, number of industries, number of stories as a beneficiary of the aging market. But perhaps time is running up. We are from Japanese company, need to be punctual. Five minutes left. And in fact, actually, I have been talking about positive development of the demograph or government action to mitigate the labor, labor shortage. But remaining problem is productivity is not necessarily rising. It is pretty natural, in fact, additional workers in the labor market were female or elder people. I mean, most of them. Okay, half of female additional workers in the labor market are part-time workers. I'm afraid to say elder labor is not necessarily having very, very high productivity, I'm afraid. So this is the reality. So to overcome falling productivity is the sort of investment opportunities. In fact, Japanese company have huge amount of cash in their balance sheet. But they have never been investing much because they don't see demand. But that has started to change. Most of the economists are now estimating capital investment by Japanese corporation will go up from 2018 to 2019. And most of the investment are moving to productivity enhancement. Opportunity lies in the area of productivity enhancement or labor substitutions. Very easy example is a robot, industrial robot, and industrial automations, or electronic component to replace skilled worker, and other machinery to replace skilled worker. They started to invest in those areas. If you look at the demand for each component of the machinery, electronics, and robot, it started to rise. I think this is not cyclical. Government, Japanese corporations need to continue to invest in those areas. Uh, this is the brightest spot. In fact, one fourth, more than one-fourth of Japanese equity market are categorized in this space. Machinery, robot, electronics, and so forth we can find a number of investment opportunity in this space. Beyond these productivities, obviously healthcare is the biggest issue.
some demand is coming from this healthcare. I think the government is taking proper action to encourage cheap generic medicines to reduce the cost of healthcare burden. I think it has not started taking effect, but going forward, that they would bring more regulations to promote generic. And also, we start to see some niche uh, industry. We call it proactive or preemptive cost reduction system to reduce the number of potential number of patients. Some medical instrument companies started to benefit from this movement. And also, interestingly, we are aging. A number of founder of small size company is go are going to retire or willing to succeed their business to the next generations. The legal service, business service, which is something to do with succession or inheritance, are now looking at the rising demand. Legal house or some sort of financial institutions in relation to the small M&A are now looking at seeing the demand. In fact, we have never seen such demand in the past. We, legal house in Japan is pretty small, and we have never seen any business service uh, industry. So this would be the opportunity for the small size uh, new companies. And lastly, it is pretty much a big topic, autonomous engineering, autonomous driving system. Obviously, I don't have to say that but automobile company combined with electronic component company will make big contribution to the autonomous driving system. This is a problem for the, across this demand from the uh, many countries outside, as well as the Japanese uh, society. Because one of the social problems we are looking at is more accident, traffic accident by the elder people. We don't have any legal system to avoid. So autonomous implementation or some support for the safety would be the immediate issues to reduce accident or traffic accident by the elder people right now. So all combined, like robot automation, healthcare, legal, autonomous driving system, this is just example. So try to capture the investment opportunity from the increasing demand. It's not necessarily very difficult uh, when you try to pick up the better stocks. Okay, um, I think that's all we, we could say for the time being. I guess time's up and it says 30 minutes, finish. So I think we are punctured. Um, but anyway, um, we just, do you have time for questions? Um, Wow, there are quite a number of questions uh, that we have received. Thank you very much. Um, um, one question that we have received, uh, the rising of China, um, which we have uh, been, have heard uh, from the session before. Um, the rising of the China could be a threat to Japan's and then Japanese uh, cooperation. That's a question first. Some area. Competition of Chinese companies and Japanese companies are in Chinese market, in fact. Cosmetic and the consumer product. 
Japan gained the market share in the market, and the Chinese company is catching up. So in that space, I see some threat. The Chinese company to gain the market share instead of Japanese company in China market. When it comes to technology industry, perhaps Tencent, Alibaba, they are playing in their regions. Japan, fortunately or unfortunately, Japanese company don't have any presence in China. And Alibaba, Tencent don't import, don't export anything to Japan. So we don't see any competitions. So manufacturing industry, I guess there are some competitions, but it will be more serious competition between China and Korea, Taiwan. Manufacturing base by the Chinese company are competing against Korea and Taiwan, which had already took over the position from Japanese company over the last three decades. So additional competition from China companies and Japanese companies will not that significant in my view. Um, very interesting dynamics right now. Um, as you know, China and the US in basically trade war. Time like this, looks like the Chinese leaders have started to say, smiling to Japanese and say, well, welcome. Please come to China. The Japanese uh, you know, um, Industrial Federation, they visit uh, China every year. Okay? And then we measure how receptive the Chinese government uh, is by the major, well, by the, uh, basically who is going to come to you know, show up. Okay? Used to be someone in deputy or someone uh, relatively junior fellow. But now, Prime Minister, or even Xi Jinping, appears. Welcome, Japanese. That's the attitude of uh, Chinese uh, government right now. I reckon the Chinese and the Japanese government, I think is the relationship is definitely improving. That is a positive sign for Japanese business. Okay? There's definitely a confrontation area no doubt, but talking about business, I think is uh, Japanese business will benefit, you know, and then because the Chinese, uh, even financial market, we, Nomura Asset Management, got the license to operate in Shanghai. We're now uh, in a preparation for, uh, for operation. It never happened before, but China is opening up. So there's a good sign of you know, doing much better business in China for Japanese. So that's a good sign. Anyway, thank you very much for uh, listening to us. And then um, I think in the evening, I think there, uh, there is a session. Uh, we will be around and happy to uh, answer whatever your questions you have. All right. Thank you very much for uh, attending, attending this session. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Wataru Ohigara and Mr. Hiroyuki Nishikawa from Nomura Asset Management.